a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Welcome listeners to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode, where today I'm joined by a lady which... uh, this this uh, this conversation, this dance that we're going to be having today is with a lady called Kim Hamer. And I think it's fair to say that Kim can actually be called uh, a bit of an old stager now because this is actually the seventh, uh, sorry, the eighth even, the eighth uh, episode that will have been, uh, you know, done together. And as part of that, I'm sure Kim will have something to say about the, the label of being called an old stager. So on that note, uh, very appropriate to welcome you in, Kim and say uh, yeah welcome to our eighth dance so to speak uh thank you i am looking forward to it paul thank you um listeners for tuning in and paul i forgive you <laughs> and on that note of forgiveness kim it's uh, it's very appropriate and timely isn't it in terms of you know what we've spoke about off air about mm. you know the importance of that word forgiveness and so we've come up with a, a focal point a title of forgiveness and gratitude which matters most so maybe a good starting point kim is for for you to to share with us to share with the listeners around what do you actually think forgiveness what does forgiveness mean to you it's a it's a big question for me paul because i've never really thought about it in any great detail any great detail i don't have a neat nice neat pat answer for you um i think when i think of forgiveness the first place i think of it is forgiving myself um i have i have been called the person who is the hardest on myself you know no one else can be harder on me than me and um there's been a lot of times in my life where people have said, you've just got to take it easy on you. So just forgive yourself, just cut yourself a bit of slack. Um, and, and even then, you know, I don't think it, it ever really landed because I didn't really understand what forgiving myself, let alone anybody else actually looked like. Mm. I think that's true for all of us, Kim, isn't it? We're all, our own, uh, we can be our own worst enemy, can't we? We we just put so much pressure on ourselves to, you know, to achieve. And I think that's all wrapped up in this language we tell ourselves that, you know, what I call the script, you know, what's your story? And we buy into our own story because isn't it also true that, you know, the, the, the lessons we pick up from an early age and the things that we're told from adults, um, you know, be they our parents, um, you know, people in authority, teachers, doctors, nurses, that kind of thing. We just take that at face value and we create this whole way of being and, you know, this default of, of just accepting information. And that goes to shape us. 
And it's not until we actually step back from that and say, well, hmm, is that really? Because I actually, you know, my mother or my, you know, my uncle or the doctor might have told me this, but do you know what? As I'm getting older, I don't know if I actually believe that anymore. That might be his or her opinion, which was said with the best of intent, but that's the key word, isn't it? The best of intent. And I suppose it's about that whole kind of reevaluating our worlds, isn't it? And realigning our minds to what becomes our truth rather than somebody else's truth. And I know that's kind of a little bit off the path of uh, forgiveness per se, but I think it's, it's vital to to introduce that, Kim, to say how we end up in a certain place and then maybe, you know, we take that stage further and we're hard on ourselves because of the lessons we were led to believe are the way forward. We follow that path and we think, well, hang on, why am I doing this? This, doesn't, this is not serving me anymore. And that's where the self-forgiveness comes in, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of... Um things we think we should be or should do. And we've had discussions before about, you know, shooting all over the place, mm-hmm. um, which is not necessarily helpful for anybody. But I, I think what, what really struck me about what you said there, Paul, was that if we can't, um, you know, accept, I think is a big part of forgiveness. If we can't accept our own truth, then how can we possibly really accept others? And I think Mm -hmm. acceptance is a big part of forgiveness because forgiveness is not about being right or wrong. It's about seeing what's in front of, in my view, it's about seeing what's in front of you and saying, okay, you know, I got it. This is not, you know, a judgment or anything like that. Sometimes that can be the hardest thing to do. Because we're plugged into the way we think things should look. And when it doesn't look like that, it's wrong. And it can be hard to say, you know, you can say, I forgive you, but do you really, do you really accept whatever that point of view or circumstance is? Yeah. And, you know, that old saying as well, Kim, um, I can forgive, but not forget. And I kind of, I've struggled with that a little bit over the years. Um, I don't struggle with it now, but I certainly have done in the past. Well, if you're not going to forget, then it's certainly there. But the dis- you know the distinction I've gained now as time's gone by is that, um, yeah, I, I do understand that now because I haven't, you know, there's a lot of things that I haven't forgotten about in the past. But the key thing, the key, and you've used the word, Kim, um, quite rightly, in my humble opinion, is acceptance of the people that have really hurt me badly. And and I mean really badly to the point where I wanted to take my own life as a child. Um, I, I know that, yes, I can remember those things, but they've got no emotional attachment anymore. And that's when you know you've reached that point of forgiveness. And I've I feel, Kim, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this, obviously, and I'd love our listeners to, to, you know, to let us know what their thoughts are. But this whole forgiveness thing, it's actually not about the perpetrator, is it? It's about, it becomes about us. It's all about us. And we need that forgiveness for, for us to move on. Because if we don't forgive, we're still giving power to that person that may have wronged us. Yeah, I think so. That I, I think you're absolutely right. Paul, um, I mean, we, we talk about it and we make it sound, oh, it's easy. You just forgive and move on. But, you know, forgiveness, you know, is not necessarily just a moment. It might be a process. It might happen over time. But it, it's that whole 
I think forgiveness um, is about um, not letting the past have that hold on you anymore. I think you're absolutely right, you know, because if we're still plugged in to something that happened or something someone did to us or said to us or something we did ourselves, then we're allowing the past to run the show instead of either being in the moment and creating whatever we are in the moment or looking into the future and saying, well, how am I going to be in the future? What sort of future do I want for myself? We're just letting the past run the show. Mm. I want to pick up, Kim, on what you a comment you made there, and I fully understand why you made that comment about it's not that easy. And that's obviously got validity. That's obviously mm. got strong validity. But I mm. want to offer a metaphoric answer to that that mm. may resonate or may not. And you imagine somebody that's stolen money for, from you. So they've gone into your purse and they've stolen money. And it may have been, for argument's sake, you know, your last £100, £200, whatever it was. You feel bad, you feel angry, you feel wronged, and etc., etc. So there's a choice we have, because it's always about choices, isn't it? Yes. So you either forgive and let go of that, or you remain angry and... Essentially, what you're doing there, by remaining angry, you're still metaphorically giving money to that person that stole the money from you in the first place. In other words, you're giving that person all the power still from the very principle that started this this taking away of your power, if that makes sense. Yeah, I completely get that. And actually, the the um, example you use is is very relevant. You know, in the last you know, couple of years ago, um, uh, you know, I had a friend who... Um, you know, came over to here and was trying to get herself set up and, you know, I offered for her to stay with me and that sort of thing. And then she uh, was sort of struggling at, at a point and I loaned her money, um, which we'd sort of said, okay, this is to cover this thing. And she said, well, I'll be able to pay it back then and, and those sorts of things. And she just never did. And I, and she never came back to me and kind of chase, you know, said, I'm really sorry, I can't do it. Or, you know, what can we put in place? And I think, it wasn't so much the money at the time I was angry about, although, you know, it, it you know, it was quite a sizable amount. Um, it was more the, the, the lack of um, ownership of coming back and being upfront with me. And I think that was more what upset me, but it, you know, with time, it was, it was kind of with time and I went, well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, you know, it happened and she's, you know, she moved on, she left London and all of that sort of thing. And I, you know, I, I just, it, there was, there was just a time thing when I went, you know, we've all done, here's the thing I think that's really important to remember. We've all done things like that. It might not be exactly that example, but none of us is perfect. None of us is squeaky clean. And, you know, we may have opinions about what other people do that's not right, but there'll be things that we do that others don't think is right either. So I think it's about, looking and saying, okay, well, you know, it wasn't a nice experience, um, but that's all it was. It just wasn't a nice experience. You know, that's it. I feel what it boils down to, Kim, and this is maybe oversimplifying it, but actually it isn't because I think the principles and mastering, you know, working towards mastering the game of life are very simple. It's only our mind and our conditioning that stops us accepting that that is the case. But we have a choice yet again in this situation. When something hurts us, 
because of that betrayal, that lack of trust, whatever the dynamic is, and it hurts us. The choice is this, that we can, he we can either take that metaphoric left hook from life, bang, sharp, ouch, that really hurt, and let it pass through, or we can take a softer metaphoric slap but then there'll be another softer metaphoric slap because we're holding on to it and that slap just keeps coming back and back and back and back and back. So one is the kind of, right, let me deal with this now. This really hurts. This is so painful, but I'm going to look it straight in the eye. I'm going to deal with it because I am not going to have this hanging over me as much as the injustices, the betrayal, it makes me feel sick. But I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to knock it out to use an old boxing term in one. Bang, it's finished. Or Oof. I can't deal with this. I really cannot deal with this. And so what life does then, it gives us those little metaphoric jabs. Bang, 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 bang. It's a bit like the water drip on the, on the, on the roof, isn't it? When we're sleeping, drip, drip, drip. So it is, I think, around raising the awareness of using that word again, choice, which way we're going to go on this and, and making that choice and being aware of, you know, it's not saying one's right or one's wrong. In my humble opinion, there is only one way, but that's my, you know, that's my truth. That may or may not resonate with others. Um, and I say that from a place of, and I'm going to use this word, Kim, victimhood that I dwelt in for decades, not years, decades, mm. um, because I chose, not consciously, because I didn't have that awareness, but that Chinese, what would they call it, the Chinese torture of drip, 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 because it was never my fault, you know, it was all mm. somebody else's. Mm. I had a great analogy today. Um, I'm reading um, Jim Collins's Good to Great. And um, in it, in this chapter, they're talking about um, the CEOs that are at the heart of the companies that go from good to great and stay that way. Mm. And what's really interesting is he uses this um, window and mirror metaphor. And he says, when, when the level five CEO stands at the window, um, they, they they look out and go, um, look at all these amazing people I work with, not, you know, look at all the pe amazing people that, that work for me. So, you know, it's look at all the amazing people around me that I get to work with. And when they look in the mirror, they look and say, what could I have done? Mm -hmm. What could I have done to shift something? Whereas the, what they were talking about is the CEO who tends not to sustain the results of the business takes the other view so you know standing at the mirror they kind of go look at me and look how great i am and at the window they stand and go oh look at all of them they're to blame mm, so it, it, you know and i thought that was just a really lovely way of thinking about life actually mm. um to to think about when you look in the mirror it's about yes we want to acknowledge the good things but it's also about kind of going okay so what am i responsible for what are the choices i'm making because every choice gives you your life and if you keep making the same choice, whether it's, you know, avoiding a difficult situation like we've been talking about, um, then life will keep delivering it to you, as you said, as the little slap and the little jab in, in different ways until you kind of get to the point where you go, actually, maybe I do need to deal with this. <laughs> Mm. So it's, you know, a couple of different um, metaphors mixed in there. But I, I you know, I do, um, you know, I just agree with you so much on the, um, on the choice angle because it, it i guess 
if you're not in that place now, it doesn't feel like a choice, but it actually is. And if you're not comf- if you're not used to making that choice, it's time to build that muscle. And it might be a really small choice today, but you make a choice every day as to how you're going to be and how you're going to live your life. And it's about building that choice muscle for yourself, I think. Mm, I love that um, windows and uh, mirrors analogy. That's great. Um, Mm. So moving on to gratitude then, Kim, what's your thoughts around gratitude? Um, I have a lot of thoughts around gratitude, actually. Um, So I I, uh, write in a gratitude journal every morning. And um, when I started it uh, about 16 months ago, Oh, it might have been, no, it was 16 months ago. Someone suggested it and I went, what a load of hooey. Who believes in affirmations and gratitude journals and blah, 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 blah. I was so cynical. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to try it for a month. I'm going to do three, three gratitudes in this little journal every day for a month. And then I got hooked and it was nothing big. It wasn't like I was writing reams. I would just sit down first thing in the morning and say, so what am I grateful for right now? What do I feel grateful for? It might be the fact that I'm sitting in my, my lovely flat and that I've lived here for so long. It might be I'm grateful for my mum, just being my mum. It might be that I'm grateful to be well and healthy. It might be grateful that pop porridge is bubbling on the stove. It doesn't have to be huge. But the thing that was just so completely profound for me was I, so I turned 50 about eight months after I started the gratitude journal. And I remember waking up on, on, in the morning of my birthday and lying in bed and feeling this, this pure happiness for just exactly where I was just hugely happy and grateful in the moment. And I don't think I've ever experienced a moment like that and i think a lot of that was just about taking the time to build this gratitude muscle so again i think it's a choice you make about um how you interact with life um you know and it yes you know i might say that i'm lucky in some ways but i'm you know i'm also hugely grateful and that's a different thing from being lucky I did a podcast, Kim, in a, um, previously with um, a gentleman from America, and he said something that uh, we know within our dance, within our conversation, the only thing in life that matters is perspective. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. Mm. I love that. And I think that's, you know, I think that's, that's just perfect in terms of, you know, we're talking about both gratitude and forgiveness and we kind of think that they're just things that happen to us Mm. and, and they're not, it's about choosing a perspective and, and even when it's not healthy for us, it's about accepting that we've chosen that perspective. You know, when we're not happy, we've actually chosen that perspective. So I, I love that. That's a great saying. I'm going to steal that and use it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I do. Work, I do work on a heavy commission rate, Kim. But we can talk about oh, okay. that. Okay. Yes, but I, I think it came from him, right, rather than you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, so, um, interesting point there as well, Kim, about just kind of very briefly flitting back to the forgiveness element, uh, which kind of 
wraps in with the gratitude as well. But there's a train of thought and a very, very consistent, strong train of thought that we attract in life what we deserve to teach us a lesson. At the time, we might perceive that to be very, very, very painful, particularly where affairs of the heart are concerned, for example. You know, if somebody, if a partner cheats on us, how we take that, you know, understandably react badly to that, that betrayal, that whole kind of, you know, well, betrayal. So, but there is, as I say, a train of thought, well, that's where your will, you've attracted that in some way or another, you mm. or we as individuals, we are responsible um, yep. What I mean, we're kind of just veering slightly off path here, Kim, but I think it's relevant in terms of this whole kind of forgiveness, gratitude thing, because if we've played a part in attracting that perceived wrongdoing, then that puts a whole different framework on it rather than I'm just a victim because somebody stole my purse kind of scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the toughest things to face is to accept that you're responsible mm. for it. It doesn't mean you you did it, um, but it's about accepting responsibility for it and asking yourself, okay, so what what could I have done differently? It's not about beating yourself up. And that, that's the thing I'd say as well, but it's about giving yourself permission to explore it um, and say, okay, well, that happened. And yeah, so what? why was I so angry? you know, at the time, what was it that made me so angry? You know, I, I talked a bit about the fact it wasn't about the money. It, it was about the way it was handled. So, you know, there was something in there for me um, about that, whereas someone else might have been just really angry about the money, you know. It's, so, again, this perspective comes back. Um, but it is down to that, Will you choose to be responsible? Responsibility is a choice, and that's why it gives you power. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly that, isn't it? Taking control of your own life. A word that you used a few times there, Kim, and I want to home in on it, angry. It mm. just, just made me feel, um, I want to ask you a question. Is it okay for us to be angry? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bit like when people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't cry, you shouldn't be sad, all that thing. I mean, that's part of the range of emotions, and I and I I think when they're extreme emotions like that, that's when we learn the most if we're willing, if we're willing, because you know, I'm a big believer in that. Um, you know, we need to keep being uncomfortable in order to grow. If we, if we are always sitting in our comfortable space and, you know, the status quo is always managed, we never grow, we never develop. And there's no, there's no push to learn anything to, um, it's not even about being better. It's just about, you know, what can I learn that can help me in life, that can help others in life. And I think it's really important to have, you know, to be angry, you know, that feeling of joy I had on the morning of my 50th birthday, you know, it was beautiful. I'd never felt like that before. And it was quite extreme. But there's nothing wrong with the other extremity as well. And I think we make all of those um, uncomfortable feelings in society very wrong. Mm. And therefore, it makes it difficult to talk about them, I think. And, and therefore, difficult to understand and perhaps accept and forgive, if we're going back to the topic. I don't know. What do you think, Paul? 
I think this whole thing about confusion and, and where I'm I'm confused, Kim, if I may offer this on a very personal level, is well, you've you've mentioned this two or three times as well about you being 50. And it's like, I just, I'm, I'm scratching my, I would say I'm pulling my hair out, but I haven't got any. But I'm certainly scratching my head thinking, who is this lady that's alluding to be 50? I thought you was in your mid-20s, Kim. I'm, I'm just, I'm confused. You could be as confused as you like if that's your answer. <laughs> but, I mean, I talk about 50 because it was a real, um, it was an ownership of it. And that's why, that's kind of why I talk about it. It's not meant to be a badge or a, oh, my God, it was, you know, I was so old and all of that sort of thing. There was this moment where I just went, you know, this is a real marker. It's not about what I've achieved. It's about the person I am. Yeah. And it was about owning that and going, okay, this is brilliant. Mm. You know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm loved. I'm energized. Uh, it, and and I, I love where I am in life. You know, uh, even though I have to say there were some things that were not going great, you know, mm. life isn't all happy and, and, and perfect in all areas. But there, there was this, this profound acceptance of this is me. So what we've done here, Kim, in this um, in this dance, in this conversation of ours, you know, and this brings in a a, com um, a comment I've heard the mo that's been levelled at me more than once. But we've thrown a few words around like acceptance and responsibility, and and obviously forgiveness and gratitude, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, people say to me, Paul, do you know? Yes, there's certain words that you keep using like acceptance you know self-love self-forgiveness and all this kind of stuff it sounds like a lot of hard work you know <laughs> and my take upon that kim well i've got my so before what's what's your take on that kim before i share mine um i i, th I think that it, it's something people kind of go um oh it feels like hard work and you kind of go but that's only because you make it hard work mm. you don't have to oh, you know another friend of mine um was talking about she said you're always you know she was talking about the, the the gratitude piece and she said how do you do it um and i told her about the gratitude journal and i said the key is not to make some big task out of it it doesn't it almost doesn't matter what you write in it but it takes me like three minutes because I just sit there and I write whatever is around me. And if I can't think of anything, I just look around and go, or I, I choose to be grateful for my flat or something. It's about developing a habit and just taking tiny steps. Mm. Just do something small every day. It doesn't have to be this enormous project that you're on. I think that's the, that's the thing I, I hear and see most um, is it's not about announcing it and making a big, you know, song and dance about it. It's just about making the promise to yourself and doing the small things every day. So the question that, or the, the theme that we adopted, Kim, at the top of our dance was forgiveness and gratitude, which matters most. So by way of starting to slow the dance down, ready to exit the dance floor, what, what, what would be your answer to that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is that is there really that's what's there um you know i'm when we started the conversation 
Um, I think we spent actually more time talking about the forgiveness and acceptance piece than we did about gratitude. And maybe that's because I have, you know, this experience of the gratitude journal is very, um, is very current, you know, what I've gained from that. Whereas I had to kind of think about forgiveness a bit more. It's not quite as neat and tidy Hmm. for me. Um, And I think it's, you know, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Mm. I, I, I can't kind of say what what happens, what should happen first, what matters more. Um, I just think they're both they're both things that we choose we can choose. Maybe it's we a forget question. that. Sorry, sorry, Kim, I could cross you there. Um, maybe it's a question of perspective then. And and yes, from my own perspective, I offer this, and this is not saying it's right, but this certainly is is where I'm at with my world. And if you imagine, I mean, forgiveness generally kind of suggests that there's a wrongdoing to forgive, whether that's the perception or the perspective of ourself or another party. So that's kind of more, I don't know if dark is the right word, but kind of more challenging, as you said. And then the gratitude is like, I'm grateful. This is beautiful. You know, the birds singing, the flow of water, you know, even the the noise from white goods, uh, whatever it may be. Very simple, very simple things in life. So one's kind of got this connotation of being pleasant and warm. Are you gratitude? And the other's more, hmm, need to get into this. But isn't the reality, Kim, that without removing that weed of forgiveness from life's garden, if that's left in there to fester, that's going to strangle the beautiful flowers of gratitude. And that's the way I, I perceive it. That's my perspective. What I do by working towards forgiveness and practicing forgiveness, I'm creating space I'm creating space for something new and beautiful to grow rather in nurturing this toxic, destructive weed that's going to kill everything that comes into my life. And I found that personally to be a very powerful, very powerful way of looking at things, because it is ultimately when we say we have choice. Absolutely. We have a choice about how we look at things as well. That perspective, which really brings into that whole um, you know, mastering the game of life. That first podcast that was done is as simple as ABC. It's a question of awareness, B for beliefs, and C for creativity to look at things maybe from a different perspective. And there, Lady of 25, are my final words. <laughs> I love that Lady of 25 were your final words. I think that's brilliant. I, you, I have nothing to forgive you for. <laughs> but everything to be grateful for <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i think you you hit the nail on the head with the space you know if you make space in your life new things will come mm. and if there are things that you need to remove like the weeds then pull them out and see what grows well, we started, Kim, didn't we, about alluding to how this was uh, the eighth dance between us, the eighth podcast episode. I feel what you've done there opening up um, <laughs> that word space. I feel number nine imminent. Listeners, watch this space. 
So, Kim, over to you. How do we get in touch with you? How do we reach out? I mean, I know, you know, from the previous episodes, all your contact details are in the show notes. But, um, you know, for the purpose of, um, you know, let, let's not take anything for granted. So please share those again, Kim. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Uh so you may want to get a piece of paper out or open the notes on your phone because I'm about to spell something for you. Uh, so just while I'm rabbiting on, I'm just giving you time to do that. Uh, so I'm um, on all sorts of social media platforms. So what I would suggest is that you actually Google me and then find me on the platform that most works for you. So, um, you know, I've had um, people get in touch with me on LinkedIn um, and let me know that they've heard me speaking to Paul on on the this mastering the game of life podcast. So um, you can you can do that on any platform you choose. So um, if you're ready, uh, I'm going to spell my name. So it's Kim, and it's Kim with a Y, K Y M, and my last name is Hamer, H A M for Mary E R. So that's Kim Hamer. Google me, see what comes up, and you know, get in touch on, on whatever platform works for you. And just let me know that, that you heard us chatting and, and that's why you're getting in touch. Superb. Thank you, Kim. Thank you to listeners for being part of this, um, this dance that uh, Kim, Kim and I seem to be regularly sharing now. And I just leave you with this, these, these two questions, listeners, and, and they seriously are worth thinking about. What is it that you may need to forgive, to let go of. I was told a long time ago, the three most important words in the world were, and I thought there was, by the way, I thought there was, I love you. The three most important words in the world are, let it go. So what is it in your life that may be holding you back? Something that you've not let go of, you know, and you're not gonna forgive because that was the ultimate betrayal or wrongdoing or whatever it was. And the other one is what you're grateful for. And like Kim said, it doesn't have to be monumental. It can be something as simple and as natural as the birds singing in the morning or, or whatever it is. The gift of life, the health of our loved ones, things that we take for granted because of that conditioning uh, that we've spoke about. So I leave that thought with you. And all that remains now, listeners, is for me to sign off by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, Mastering the Game of Life starts by embracing our hearts.